Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm recording my intro this morning from New York City, very glam, uh, but there's a lot of traffic outside, obviously, which I can do nothing about, so a little bit of ambience in the background for you. I'm joined this week on the on the series by Laura Whitmore, amazing girl, presenter, actor, writer, just very sound person in general, you're all familiar with her, I don't need to give her any more intro than that, and we had one of my favourite chats around anxiety and confidence. I loved it, I learned a lot, we had a glass of bubbly and I don't want to keep you or give too much away, we'll just get straight into the chat. I just want to notify you that if you hear the odd bit of growling in the background, um, that's not actually Laura, it's her dog Mick who was there to give me cuddles throughout our podcast. So enjoy and as always please subscribe and review. Yeah, so I'm joined by Laura Whitmore and Mick. He always gets oh himself into every single... He is the cutest thing in the world and what an anxiety cure he He is be. good, he is. He does chill you out. I do recommend a Mick in everyone's life. Dog therapy is such a real thing. I yeah. would be lost without my bear. Um, or also having glass of Prosecco, which... That also helps also with anxiety, <laughs> actually. Except you know, I'm waiting after. for uh, I'm waiting for a champagne brand to sponsor me, but I guess it's not very <laughs> PC to be recommending <laughs> that. It's not champagne. You've got Prosecco today. That's but. true, yes. Um, and so the glasses that are magic. Thank cheers. you so much for having me. We're here in your beautiful home. Yeah, in, thank you for making the, the, the trip to North London. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about anxiety and confidence and everything in between. But before we get into your experience of it, obviously you started out as a presenter on MTV and you've gone on to have an incredibly illustrious career in media and in the public eye, as well as satisfying your first love, which I know is acting mm-hmm. these days. So I just wonder, something I ask myself sometimes, do you think that people who wind up in these more creative environments do you think we're more susceptible to stress and anxiety issues I think it's definitely a type of person who goes into the creative field um and that it's quite an unstable career Mm -hmm. um which is why probably you know I'm going to say in inverted commas unstable people seem to be in it (laughs) they're drawn to it but maybe it you know to some degree you're also looking for that instability because you know I 
I almost get bored of routine if I have it for too long. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's nice when you do a job and you have a little bit of that Monday to Friday feel for a while. But I get itchy feet, you know, quite quickly. So I think it's really nice to be able to try new things. Um, but then again, that's not very good in the long run if you are someone who gets anxious a lot because a lot of my friends and myself included like you're up for jobs and you may get a job or you may not get a job so if you're no someone who, yeah. who's insecure anyway it's probably not the best because you do have to build up quite a thick skin over the years mm. and it's hard not to be in control I think the nature yeah. of anxiety means you want to know what's happening when yeah. and you can't but it's definitely more fun that way so maybe it's worth dealing yeah, with yeah it's really weird because sometimes I'm, I'm like oh god I'd love this a bit of routine and I'd love to know what's going on and yeah and um, but I, as soon as I have that, and I know I've had that for quite long chunks of time, and then I, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I need to do something new. You've got, yeah. and I'm all about. I, I know I feel you've got one life, so you need to, to just give live it, it yeah. and give it a go. And I would rather have regrets about something that I did rather than something that I didn't do. Yes, is anxiety something that you've experienced mm, a lot? And I think, I think defining it and actually identifying identifying it, it yeah. actually more so. Um, is the toughest part because I remember a few times little things I remember once calling a friend up and I, I couldn't find my passport but it was only a simple little thing and I had time and I just couldn't see it and then I, I couldn't even begin to look for it because I had just reached this level of, of freaking out and there was no need for me to get to that level but I think it wasn't necessarily the passport I think that was a build-up of I'm traveling to go to this place I don't know how I feel mm-hmm. about this I'm leaving this behind I don't know and it, it in a way was an excuse to to get to this point that I probably needed to get to to realise that I wasn't fully okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I remember the first time I probably had like a little panic attack. Didn't know any other people had that, so you're kind of embarrassed to say exactly. to people. I remember even just saying to my friend, and she's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Like, Yeah, there's a real kind of, oh Jesus, are you okay? Yeah. Like, it's contagious or something. Why, yeah, why you freak, don't freak out? What's wrong with you, you weirdo? You know, stuff like that. Um, I think now we're probably much better identifying with it. And, you know... What's happened in the last few years has been incredible when it comes to mental health because it's not necessarily this taboo thing which happens very few people. It happens every single person. We've all had some sort of panic attack. Um, you asked me before we start recording, I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack. And I would nearly put out there that we all have had it to mm-hmm. some degree. Some maybe are able just to cope with it yeah. more so than others. And I think it's, you know, going back to that word identifying uh, and then knowing what to do with it. And we're all different, so we all react differently to different things mm-hmm. um but going back to your original question about you know in this in this industry and um I don't know I I always go back to this um quote that Joanna Lumley said at the BAFTAs when she won an award and she said she just wanted to be around her people I quite like being around mm. people who are in, uh, unstable yeah. in a way <laughs> I know we're um, pretty sure and creative because it it draws out my creativeness and pushes me a little bit more and gives me drive mm-hmm. and reassurance because you know, we all go through shit. Um, and I think it's really important that we talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it can be different levels of shit. It, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, this huge thing that happened in your life. You know, you may have lost someone very close to you, which is horrific. You may not have, but you may have gone through something that was that was your little Mount Everest to climb. And I think that's such a huge issue. And it's something I speak about a lot. And I think people, like we said before we were recording, feel this guilt that mm. you know, they can't really say... Oh, they have everything going yes. for them on paper. And that's what I, what I felt like people would say, but sure, look at you, you're fine. So I, I felt know. like I had no right to fall apart. And I think in a way that becomes like a self-perpetuating anxiety where I don't know, you, you must get it as well oh, if you have everything terrible, going for you. Because I would have 
massive freak outs about things that I felt a I didn't want to talk about because I didn't want it to be a public thing because Mm -hmm. I was trying to be as private as possible and um, you know you want to be as open as on one hand but then you also need to keep a bit of yourself to, to preserve yourself yeah um so I would feel guilty over you know I'd get upset over a day didn't go the way I wanted to or you'd have an you know you'd go through a breakup or it can be something which seems so frivolous and unimportant in the wider scheme of things and, yeah. and especially when like I was doing a lot of work with um with you know because I'm a girl campaign with plan or with UNICEF in Nepal and you're looking at people who are actually going through tough things and mm-hmm. then I'd be upset over a breakup over I didn't get that job I wanted um and it would just seem so stupid but mm-hmm. I think it's okay to, to feel like that and that took me a long time to, to realise it's okay to feel sad and to be like I feel bad and let me feel bad and like I'm okay not to feel guilty about it just because just because from the outside it all looks great yeah I was actually listening to a podcast recently about Denmark and how they're like the happiest nation in the world and it's a bit grim but while they have all these reports of being such happy people and they've got everything going for them they also have the highest suicide rate and what they were sort of hypothesizing in the podcast was because they have everything so there's no one to pin the blame on if if they're just not feeling good so then they internalize it and blame themselves yeah so it is a pressure in a way and also if you're surrounded by happy people all the time you feel you should be happy yeah like i almost think there's something quite nice in um i was saying this today to someone about the irish way like a lot of like my mom's family and like my mom's friends we all love a moan we're talking about today oh, yeah. today, today the weather was like it's been sunny then it was cold and I, I was working today filming and on set we were moaning about oh it's too hot oh now it's too cold <laughs> and I'm like it's just nice to moan and I think oh, it's yeah. okay to moan yeah and we have I think it's an Irish thing where you know my like my mom's kind of generation like she'd ring up her sisters and they'd have a little moan on the phone but there's a release in that oh yeah if you have to have this pretense to be happy which happens with instagram all the time this happy life all the time if you can't live up to that and you see even the pressures of and i i don't know the reasons why things happen but like rock stars and we've lost keith from um, Mm. prodigy recently due to I think it's alleged suicide and you see a lot of suicides in this industry because it's you're so up there the the adrenaline and the hype and the feeling of of feeling incredible that where do you go except rock bottom after that because it's so hard to keep that balance Mm. so it's I think it's probably almost better if you live your life having a little moan all the time I know there is such a thing in the industry or everywhere right now this whole positivity movement yeah just be positive and think positive and sometimes I feel that if you shove that off yeah Yeah. like maybe it's an Irish thing but sometimes if you shove positivity down someone's throat it's going to kind of fire back up on you like sometimes you need to if you're feeling negative you need to allow yourself feel it and let it work itself out yeah and um, just to a, a, a very kind of superstitious, uh, uh, superficial uh, stance, I, I remember like some like talking about clothes. If someone says, if someone says to me, "You look nice today," I will never say thank you. I'll be like, "Oh Jesus, stay to me! I didn't yeah. wash my hair. Oh my God, stay! <laughs> I haven't washed my hair in like ten days, and like this is this is old. I got this in pennies. Blah blah blah. Like that's what my go-to is because yeah. if I turned around and went. Thanks, yes, I do look great. That just doesn't sit right. No, because we sort of, I feel like we, even if you are confident, or even if you did look in the mirror and think, oh, I look well today, I like the outfit, we're afraid of confidence being mistaken for... For arrogance. Arrogance, yeah. And it's just, that's such an issue, because then what you do is end up starting to believe that negativity. Yeah. So we all have a negativity bias, and it's so normal. Um, But to go back to the anxiety thing, do you feel, because, you know, you said people were having more conversations these days, and Mm. people, like... Brezzy in Ireland would have yeah, spoken about it so much. I, I hope that I've had some small yeah, part in the conversation. You have. Your books are um, thank you. But do you feel 
was there ever a point where you had to be so polished and put together for these kind of jobs that it would yeah. it would maybe be detrimental to sort of say that you're having a tough time if you were or yeah it's really weird I found it really hard to balance what I give away and what I don't give away because I'm just learning this. I'm making it up as I go along mm-hmm. so um even just to a small scale of people knowing who you are and it's not like this is a small scale and you know when you think about it who I'm surrounded by and where I live and stuff like no one really in the end of the day no one really cares but in your head you think everyone cares um and and I remember just being finding it really hard to decide what I can share and what I can't share and you want to be as honest in what you do and as authentic as a person but then you're also allowed to keep yeah. something to yourself and I know I've written about this before about you know I remember there was like photographers outside my door taking yes. pictures and I and and then like one of them shouted something like oh yeah but like I took your picture the other day and I'm like yeah when I'm like working interviewing on a red carpet not outside my house mm. and you know and there'll be some people who go but this is the lifestyle that you work you know you you this is your job you get perks with your jobs these are the downsides but you're just a person yeah. and for me I just felt like oh my God, have I given too much away? And and recently my boyfriend in an interview got asked about me. We don't, we like we put pictures of ourselves up on Instagram, but we're, you know, we're still trying to but find the right balance. Yeah. But I remember someone was asking a question and he's got a TV show and they were asking him a question about me and he's like, can we just talk about what we're here to talk about? And they're like, well, you put a picture of her up on Instagram. <laughs> he was like, so fucking what? Oh my this, God. You know, this is, so then I, then I kind of have to think, oh, well, I did put that out there. Do I owe it to someone? And then you're no. like, actually... You don't, you know, we have a right to give as much away as poss- as we want. Well, you're a professional, you know, it's not your success in your career is not based on yeah. Instagram or what you, what you put no. out there. It's your professional presenter and, like, and Instagram, actor. Instagram is fun. Like Instagram is fun and you can put up a picture every now and then. And cause then I went through a stage of like, we didn't talk about each other for the first few months that we're going out. So we don't we even want anyone to know. Mm. And then like... If he was my mate, I'd probably put a picture of him up. So mm-hmm. he's probably... I see him more than my mate. So... That must be so anxiety-inducing to have to think that's That's stressful. Things. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, God, does he think that I don't like him if I, if I don't acknowledge him or if I don't want to go to things together? Mm-hmm. So you've got a million things going through your head. And this is something I go through. This is something... You know, in any relationship, do I introduce him to my family or I haven't shown yeah. this group of friends? Or but it's like think, on speed. It's because, just on speed. And yeah. then you're just always doubting yourself. So it does... But I say the most anxiety I get is just from bloody everyday life shit. It's not mm-hmm. even the, you know, the work stuff is just on another level because you're probably a little bit more exposed, but... And have you learned to sort of be resilient with the work stuff? Like, I know I was yeah. reading that you were talking about when you did Strictly. Yeah, and things that like was that. You, hard. You stand yeah. beside someone you're going out with them. I stand away that, from That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done personally. Because yeah. um, I really love the dancing and I... I I really wish I could do that and enjoy it for what it was because it's such a great show. If I could go back and just do the dancing bit, but mm-hmm. I just got so caught up in this. The I politics just, of it. The politics of it and nothing to even do with the show and the media game and the being a female on that show and uh, and not playing the game because, you know, I was kind of, mm. I didn't go out to all the things I was supposed to go out to and stuff. So um, that I found quite difficult. Uh, but then I'm also an adult and I need to be able to cope with, you know, we... We should be able to. I don't. I made decisions that I will happily stand by mm-hmm. if I made those decisions. And because you're in the spotlight and you have, you know, experience, the photographer is trying to get the shot up your skirt. Yeah. Does not that, anymore. Not they're not anymore. allowed. Well, hopefully, they've read your article. They're, yeah. oh, they're not allowed. Literally, they're not. It's against they're the law, not, right? They're not allowed. Um, well, people can still take pictures. Yeah. I'm not sure the legislation is in Ireland because I think that needs to change, which is another thing. But um, if you think about it, I remember growing up always seeing pictures of 
people skirts getting out of cars. Yeah. Like, it always set with celebs and stuff. I know, I wouldn't even question it. I wouldn't even question time. it. I know, you know, there'll be, we live in an era where there's a certain group of celebrities where you think maybe kind of are happy to kind yes. of go along with that. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but the fact that someone could take, someone took a picture of my skirt once and it was printed in a newspaper. And the fact that that was printed in a newspaper, that was wrong. Mm. Someone should have taken a picture anyway. Um, and then this was something that was happening not just in media, in like girls' yeah. school buses and stuff. And it's actually, there was no legislation because when the law was made, there wasn't cameras at the right, you know. No camera phones. Yeah. No camera phones and there was no internet where you can actually just put it up. And when mm. you put it up, you can't really take it down. It goes out there as viral. Um, so these are kind of things that you, we're kind of learning as we go along because technology is changing so quickly. Mm. That's causing me anxiety because I never... I always go back to, um, like, Facebook didn't exist when I was in school. So if I wasn't invited to the popular girls' party, I didn't know about it. Yeah. So I, do you know <laughs> what I mean? You couldn't worry I lived it. in a bubble. Like, I yeah. thought I was cool. It's only now I was like, I was a proper nerd. I was not mm. in the cool group. But I didn't know about it. Now I can go on and be like, oh, oh my, they were all out having a drink the other day. Yeah, or they why, got that job. Why did I? Yeah. Oh, they got that job. I don't even particularly want that job. But I I, now I see they have it. So it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a head fuck. Um, Does it make you think twice then because you've been on the receiving end of it, like if you were flicking through a magazine, yeah. like that you don't want to consume that sort of content, that sort of salacious, yeah. because you you know that that's a person on the other end of it. Yeah, it's, re- it's, it's really weird because you do have a choice of what we consume. Same with Instagram, you know, you don't have to, we get to, in a way, curate our news and what we see. The same way we get to decide what newspaper we pick up. But it is hard because you're b- bombarded by so many images. And I don't know what happened with Instagram like in the last year, but the algorithm has changed. Mm-hmm. So people come up on your news feed you don't follow. Oh, yeah. I don't, and that, that annoyed me when that happened because I was trying to create this kind of space for Safe me space. that was as positive as possible. My mates, mm-hmm. um, mainly work because I always say, my mates, you can text me if you want to yes. talk to me. Pick up the phone. Um, pick up the phone. But um, yeah, I kind of had created the space, so the algorithm has changed a bit, so I'm kind of seeing, like, lots of other things sometimes. I'm like, I'm not following that, why am I seeing that? Mm. But, yeah, I really try as much as possible to... I can say, I know when I'm getting anxious and stuff like that, and sometimes you just need to step away for a bit. So, yeah, what do you do, whether it's anxiety to do with the phone, or work, or just day-to-day stuff? Do you have any sort of ritual or go-to, or do you just let it pass? Sometimes you have to go through things. I love like a bath and a glass of wine yeah. or um, a phone call to a mate or to your mom mm-hmm. or, or uh, like yoga. Yoga's always been really helpful for me because even just not being on your phone for like 90 minutes. and yeah. The difference like, it makes is unreal. But then when you go back on it, it's sort of like, oh, how do you launch Do you know what I did today? So I'm filming something today and one of the actresses, um, Natalie Emmanuel, she, she was sitting there and she's... she's the lead in this in this mm-hmm. show she's all these coloring books oh, but all the coloring yeah. pencils and then I had today about two hours of doing nothing sitting on my ass waiting to do something mm. and I was on my phone I just put my phone down I got these coloring pens and I just start coloring in this like it looked yeah. like a chakra um and uh I was like oh I just did that for like I did that for like 40 minutes like checking my phone and do you feel like your attention span and your focus is being damaged it's by the terrible. time? I would never be able to do the junior cert leaving so oh now. Oh god, I would fail so bad. I would fail so bad. I like school. There's no way in hell now. I'd be oh. so distracted and procrastinated and oh would just god. take over. And then just sorry to go back to the, your yeah. day-to-day, what you do. So you'd have a bath. Have a bath. And it sounds so like... Would you ever... Would, have you ever gone to talk to someone? Do you think that that's worth having in your life yeah. for someone to check in with? It's, I, I did this little radio doc before Christmas mm. where I was kind of questioning my 
my Catholicism, my religion. Oh, yeah. And um, we kind of did this, I suppose I'd say for religion was fun, like kind of talked to different people from different backgrounds and different cultural upbringings. And I was kind of wondering how connected, you know, well, to be honest with you, for me, Catholicism that is the dog, by the way. <laughs> Scrabbing. Sorry, no attention Aww. to Nick for a while. Um, how Catholicism was connected to our cultural heritage, mm-hmm. like more so than oh yeah, actually knowing about really. the religion. So then I was talking to a you know um, a girl and a guy from the Muslim community and um, Orthodox Jews, and I, and during it I tried different things and I went to like a shaman and that kind of resonated with me in a way because mm-hmm. it was all about energy. And as we were doing this talk about energy, my producer, who's this older guy, was like the hell energy so I was just like what do you mean by energy and she said do you know when you talk to a friend if you feel really shit and then you ring up and you talk to a friend and you have a good out rant you've had a bad day or one of your other mates is is pissing you off Mm. and then you feel better that's movement of energy Mm. and I was like oh yeah like because when you think about the whole hippie vibe and it could be too much for someone but if you think about it talking to someone us having this conversation now you kind of feel lighter because you're talking about things and that's movement of energy so that stuff like that helps me. Right, like, yeah, when I feel anxious about something, just calling up a mate. Yeah. And having a good old rant and I, I suppose, like, in, in the first book, I kind of said, oh, like, I'm, this is really, like, the no bullshit guide. Oh, you want some cuddles? <laughs> um, and I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to say, I, I wasn't mm. saying, like, I, you know, go away from me with your shackles, mm. but it's just something I always would have been yeah. more yeah. science- what are the facts? I needed yeah. like, real practical stuff. Yeah, um, I get that. Me too. What I, and then, like, obviously then I was saying to people, you know, actually mm. things changed for me so much when I started to sort of accept where I was yeah. instead of trying to resist it so much. And even though that just sounds like I changed my mind, it's not that simple, but you actually on a very chemical level do have a release and the hormones do start to realign. Mm. Yeah. So whether you, you want to call it like chakras or energy or anything, something biologically does change when you address what you're yeah. feeling and put it out there yeah so I mean a talk with friends is just so important and yeah I people always ask me if I have any therapist recommendations and I don't because it's such a personal I, thing I sometimes think in a sense bad because your friend ends up like taking up you know yes. it's a lot to take on but I sometimes get something from just talking to a friend yeah and it's hard sometimes because some you know if you're talking about a relationship and they know both people you can't mm-hmm. put that on someone else but just a simple call to like someone and and just, it's not even that, it's not even that, I remember someone saying like, we all think people give a shit about us, but at the end of the day, people are so busy about it's themselves. So, so you could, you could like say to your mate and have a little moan about like your boyfriend or your mm-hmm. mom or your cousin or your best mate. And then afterwards go, oh God, I hope they don't think they're so busy in their own world. They're not really listening. But the fact that you're <laughs> yeah. saying this out loud could yeah. help you. Just, oh, yeah. Just be like, I'm not sure I'm happy about this. Or I'm not sure mm. I like the way this is happening. Or I'm not sure this job is for me. But maybe you need to say it out loud. That that person doesn't necessarily have to give you advice. They just have to listen. Yeah, I think um, for me, that's just always been a way to normalize it. And like yeah. stop feeling like, oh, this is such a big thing in your head. So like yeah. even like when I have conversations about with my husband, I feel yeah. weird saying husband because I feel like a child. When so did you get married? I got married in September. Oh, um, and I actually had him on the podcast because he was obviously there with me the whole way through and yeah. we went from being quite a new relationship, very yeah. carefree, fun and and suddenly I was like on the floor. Yeah. That's just uh, Mike growling still. Sorry. <laughs> make, sip, make, sip, 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 sip. Um, no, it's okay, don't worry. Mm. People know it's him. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. I think Laura's got a rumbly tummy. Yeah. Um, it's gone now. Hold on. I'm oh, yeah, go let, first. Let, let him go. He's bored now with this. That's okay. Like, enough. Off you go. And he's gone. But he used to 
he didn't know anything about anxiety and I would sort of come home and say oh like I had a panic attack and he'd be like oh my god Jesus like that's awful are you okay and I'd be like whoa is it is it really is that a really bad thing is it really big deal and he kind of learned then to sort of normalize it with me and I think I was so desperate to talk to people about anxiety not not so much well actually I guess part and parcel because it makes people feel better if they're going through it but it's also cathartic for me to be like we're all feeling the same way but just saying it out loud like just saying I don't think I'm happy about this or I feel anxious it just releases that tension just acknowledging it is it's it's the same with like alcoholism or something just saying I'm an alcoholic Mm -hmm. or just recognising there's a problem means then you can in some way tackle it have you ever had a wave of anxiety that wasn't related to like a you know, a stressful day, or has it has yeah. it ever kind of been just lying I've, there? Yeah, I've had stuff, and I don't know. Maybe it's a when you hit your thirties. Maybe it's mm-hmm. I feel like maybe more, or maybe I'm recognizing it more. And as you know, life around you changes, and I change. Like my, my priorities have changed, mm-hmm. and what I'm into changes, um, and different things. So even trying to get to grips with myself, mm-hmm. um, and things that were important to me before aren't important anymore, and that causes me anxiety because I'm like. But I really cared about this. Why don't I care about this now? And mm-hmm. and then not having the answers. Pretty, though. It's great because <laughs> you don't give a shit yeah. as much, um, which is really nice. But then there's a whole other thing because as a child, I probably watched too many Disney movies, and mm. you're like, you kind of you're like, okay, I do this, and then I get my dream job, and then I meet your dream person, and then then you live happily ever after the end. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, when does happily ever after start? Because I don't really want happily ever after is the end, isn't yeah, it? I mean, I know. it's happily ever after the end. But it's like, you spend so many time with this fighting bit that at what point, when you're content, it almost feels boring. Oh yeah, completely. Do you know? I don't live my life with an end goal in mind. No. And I don't even like goal setting. Yeah, like without sounding sounding like stupid about it, it it is kind of like, my biggest motivation is like the day to day. Yeah. And I think I had read that you don't really work in terms of a goal, an end goal. No, because I just kind of fell into stuff. Like I kind of, like even getting my job, like I just... I just do things because it's fun. Like, it yeah. sounds so silly. But, like, I, I know the best way to do I know people who are like, what's your... And this is this works for so many people. Like, what's your goal? How do you get there? Okay, you need to do this first, this first, this first, this first. I'm like, ooh, that looks fun. I'll try that. Oh, I want to do that. That looks fun. I'll try mm. that. And then opportunities kind of come up. And I think sometimes when you're a little bit more open, more opportunities come. Absolutely. Um, but, and, and also, like, sometimes with jobs, and, I, you know, I had some stuff this week where I was like, oh, I can only do this or this. And I'm like kind of done this oh I haven't done this I'll give that a go mm. well like maybe if I did the first one that makes more sense in my specific career but I'm like but this is fun I haven't done that before you said before in an interview I don't know what I can't remember what magazine it was maybe it was um Tatler or Image yeah that it's not so much people look at you and say well you're so confident and you said it's not so much oh, confidence God. it's a kind of willing to give it a go Gosh, attitude yeah, give it a, yeah, yeah. Give it and a go. In the confidence kit um I don't know if you're at that part yet but I'm delighted that you're reading it no I love I it sort of refer to that kind of that whole idea as um comfortable neutrality so it's about okay you don't know how something's going to work out but you're willing to try and whether it is a failure or success you kind of just have faith in yourself yeah and when you add comfortable neutrality which is sort of just being willing to to give it a go with experience then you arrive at kind of lasting confidence so it's like a little formula of that i like that Comfortable neutrality yeah. plus experience. Plus experience. It equals confidence. So I yeah. think, and that's the essential starting point for people is to be like, okay, I don't have the skills yet. Whether, say, you take on a new project tomorrow and you haven't done it before, how can you have confidence? But then how, you're not going to ever have experience unless you do. I, yeah. I just think the best way to, to learn is to do. And, you know, not then, don't leave school. Like, school is yeah. great, you learn <laughs> stuff. But I only ever learned how to do TV by 
yeah. make big TV. I remember when I wanted to do some theatre stuff, I was like, I just need to do it. Yes. Because you can, I, I, I went and studied drama. It's great you don't really learn. You don't learn about the live field. You don't learn about being on set unless you're on set working with people because yeah. it's very, very different. So it's all about, I've had friends who remember studied medicine and they love medicine and they were so smart and so clever. And then when it came to being a doctor, they were like, oh, with the people. And it was this wasn't, this isn't for me. Mm. And it, you kind of have to do things to fully get into it. So yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm definitely more a doer than, than anything else. And that's yeah. not confidence. That's just, that's just eager enthusiasm. <laughs> I think I would be the same. But do you think that you spend a lot of time outside your comfort zone then? Yeah. Because I hate my comfort zone. It's really? again, it goes back to it's that so being cozy. stable. It is cozy. That's why I get into the bath with a glass of wine mm. sometimes. And I have my little nest, like even like my house or my home or my flat or wherever I am. It's very cozy. My room. I just have to have like my little space. But um, yeah, I definitely, I always, I've always felt like an imposter. Is that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. people talk about? I always feel that I shouldn't be there. That and it's, it goes back to like being a kid and not being in the cool group mm-hmm. or... And maybe things that were said to you when you were younger that will kind of come back to you in a later life. And um, even now, you know, someone will say things like, oh, so, so what are you doing now? What are you, are you TV? Are you acting? Are you radio? Like, which, which one are you? And I'm like, why are you defying me by one thing? Mm. Like, I don't want to be a, a, a one-dimensional person. Uh, I don't say that. That's not my reply. <laughs> but, you know, and sometimes I feel a lot of us um, were too busy looking at other people's perception of herself, which is fine, we're yeah. human. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to say I don't care what other people think. And I don't as much now in my 30s. But you do a little bit because a lot of that, if people are putting that on you, mm-hmm. you do you do get it eventually. You do, you do, you do feel that. It just takes, it takes a lot of, of um, I don't know, energy. Yeah. And kind of even I mean, self-belief to, yeah. to kind of rise above that yeah and self-compassion yeah it's definitely reassuring to hear you say that you suffer the imposter syndrome not that I want you to but oh, you know God. people always have this idea on social media which is very curated and, yeah you know, the highlights so real and I suppose in, in the book I talk about imposter syndrome as being something that we experience when we feel that what we put out there is that is at odds with how we feel about ourselves yeah. internally so do you feel that conflict yeah, it, it's, it's it's weird because sometimes, when, you know, if I was to do, like, it's so weird because Instagram is so, and, and social media, like, it, it wasn't around 10 years ago. No, it wasn't an issue. we bebo'd, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, poking each other. Um, but it, yeah, so it's, it's I kind of am conflicted because now people share so much more, you know, with these big Hollywood actors who would never have been on social media, mm. like, showing us around their house and things like that. And, and I'm, I'm kind of like, in between because on one hand I want to be as real and authentic as possible but I am a human and I need to self-preserve and some bits is nice to show mm-hmm. but then other bits like I remember like my boyfriend said to me like oh how was um such a thing today and I said like, what do you mean because whatever I don't know what it was but like a fitting or it was like a fitting or like a restaurant something that I'd done that day mm. I was like I, my, I didn't do that day anymore. oh on your Instagram I was like Babe, that was from fucking weeks ago. Like, that Instagram isn't real. You knew where I was today. I was like down, like, am I taking these meetings? But yeah. I'm not putting taking meetings because that's not as exciting. So I might stick up a picture from like the other week up from mm. a restaurant. He's like, oh, did you enjoy your meal? I'm like, that's not real. No. Um, I'm like, just text me. I'll tell you where I am. So, but I think that's okay. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I think we've learned that that's not I, I'm all, it's okay not to give everything everything away mm-hmm. I don't have to say if I'm sitting having this meal this is where I am right yeah. now definitely um, gone past the taking pictures of our food unless oh it's really God, spectacular unless it's really spectacular <laughs> has there been a time recently that jumps to mind where you felt really outside your comfort zone to me yeah last week actually um, and to me it was actually when it, it was like a little goal that I had myself that I didn't realise I had. Because I remember my first job ever was with News Talk. Mm. Um, and I was in a newsroom and then a lunchtime show, so it was quite current affairs. And I've always felt out of my depth a little bit of that because when you're a blonde young girl and that, you know, coming into that environment, you're, you know, I'm not saying anyone's to blame for that, but you are looked upon a certain way and, you know, you're kind of the lowest of the low and you're trying to work your ass off but you know you're, you feel a little bit out of your depth so last week I was asked to cover for BBC Five Live who I have a radio show with but that's normally on a Sunday much more relaxed I interview big stars talk about music do a little bit of what's in the papers but I did the the show last week which is a three hour show every day which was intense, intense and it, it's live and it's whatever happened so and I wouldn't I care about what's going on in the world relative to me yeah so <laughs> like do I follow politics? Yes, if it affects me. And mm-hmm. um, well, you just can't take it all in. You can't. There's so much that goes on. So, so I covered that show, and one, you know, it was a great broadcaster in the hall. Normally, does that. Who, who's brilliant? Very different to me. Talks a lot slower. For I'm a bit like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I got asked to cover for him. And I was like, it reminded me of going back to my news talk days. Going, oh, I would never be able to host a show like that because I was like the reporter or the mm-hmm. researcher, but like a whole show like that. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it, and I did it. And I was like, actually. It wasn't terrible. I was I got really nice feedback from it and I'm sure it's probably people like, don't like me, but I remember, you know, the, the head station being like, That was really good and I was like I was like oh, I was talking about things that I would like I you know, I come from interviewing Coldplay and Justin Bieber to yeah. then suddenly doing politics. But what wow. I real was realised was I can do it for me, which is my, you know, unique selling point. So we're talking about marketing trends and things I can just say well does that mean that my friend Sarah who lives here she just and that's how I work and I just for me that was something I never thought I would do and I did it and And what did did you learn about that experience I learned that I didn't say anything I shouldn't (laughs) I I didn't like libel anything anyone and I didn't um 
I did it. Yeah. So do you know, you obviously are, are so used to being put into those situations yeah. now that you just know... I'll get through it. I'll get through it. I'll always, sometimes I don't know what's going on, I'll get through it. And mm-hmm. you're in it. And it's exciting. Yeah. I love that buzz. I love that, you know. And same with doing theatre. I remember the first time doing the play, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Or mm. I've, I've recently written this short film that we're making. And oh. that's... Is that what you're making right now? No, this oh. is another thing I'm doing right now. So we, we started at last, this is something we started a few weeks, actually a few months ago. Um, and then we'll come back to, um, and I kind of did that going, that's probably shit. Because yeah. that's what I think was, like, probably shit, probably shit, probably shit. And then showed it to this director, and he's like, this is good. And I'm like, are you sure it's not shit? Yeah. And then we record, we did some stuff, and I'm like, am I shit? Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm like, you don't want to be that negative person, but that's what you think in your head. And you kind of just want to make yourself small. Well, it sort of protects you if you can say, I know this is shit before you tell Before you shit. do it. Like, I was sending out my books to editors, and I just, like, especially with the America stuff, so I'm, you know, pitching it. And obviously, oh, America! I have I got a talking to. I have an American manager, and he's like, "Laura, we gotta talk." <laughs> so I'm like, "Oh no, I'm terrible. It's Jesus, it's terrible." And he's like, "You can't do that." I know, and it's but it's so hard. I don't know if it's like being female or being Irish, where it's like, "Oh, I just wrote this little book. It's probably shit." Or you know, here you go. It is an like, Irish. You thing. should meet me because I'm a number one best-selling author, and you should be in my company. But it's like I'm dying on I the know. inside. It's just so so much easier and safer to, to you protect yourself by saying, yeah. "I'm probably shit." Yeah. I know it's terrible um, because I find that the you know where I've succeeded in different things in, in life has been when I've gone for something, yeah. but it's almost been that sometimes there's something nice in not thinking. Like I remember when I applied for MTV, and then there's been you know a few things that I've gone up for job wise, you know even for the play and stuff like that, where I've gone going. I didn't really care enough. Yeah. No, not care enough. I, I, like, I really want to. I love the opportunity, but I like the opportunity of auditioning. Mm. I like the opportunity of just meeting these people. And sometimes I end up getting those jobs because I just like the journey bit. So I'm not looking for the, I'm not looking to actually get it. Yeah. And then you get it and you're like, oh, that's a nice little thing to add on. When you did the play, I read that you, you had kind of said that it was a bit more challenging in that people had pigeonholed you maybe into, or maybe in your yeah. own head, you were self-stigmatizing yeah, exactly. by saying... What are people going to think? Oh, here she is. She's on MTV and now she's doing yes yeah, acting. Like, was that, was that kind yeah, of proving it to yourself? Probably, um, I also wanted to get away from London for a bit. So it was nice to kind of get away for six, six months, kind mm. of traveling around and I just do something different, do you know? Mm. And I, I spent a lot of my, my parents on together. So my dad would always bring me to the theater. That was our thing that we did when he had me on every second weekend. So I, I love theatre. So I love the feeling of theatre. So to kind of get up on those stages of different places that I've been to when I was a kid. Um, and again, it's more like proving a point to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I make little lists, like in my phone and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'd like to do that one day. Let's put that mm-hmm. down. Or I'd like to experience that and to feel what that's like. So would you say that you don't have a fear of failure? Um, I've probably failed at things before. Um, I remember that, oh God, like years... <laughs> Like, years ago, I, like, I think when I was, like, 17 or 18, I was in this, like, modelling competition. I was on the Little Age Show. I was very excited. <laughs> I got to the final for that, um, but didn't win it. But then I ended up getting signed, realising that. I remember there was a note from a job I did saying that Laura talks too much on set. <laughs> Wasn't very good. Um, and then then I was in for this other TV show. When I was, like, 20, this TV show, girl band thing for Channel 4 that no one really knows about. And I got down to the last... Eight out of like loads I of people for that. that. No one knows that. Then I didn't get that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then ended up finishing my degree in journalism and got back into the drama and acting and just kind of 
did that as a you know as a more like studying mm-hmm. side of things and then this MTV thing came up and then applied for that when I was working at News Talk and then I got that so like there's loads of other stuff that happens before that that people just don't yeah, know about people, people just no. think that they just see the good stuff and they yeah. think oh she just it's woke weird though because they see the good stuff but I sometimes think people just see the bad stuff mm. you kind of forget that they see because they're if if they're online they're commenting and they're usually trolls they're like even if it comes to like a hotel review yeah. you're not going to comment if you think it was good you're only going to comment I'm just delighted that didn't exist when I started out on television no. because when I started like I, like I wouldn't even want to look at back at the in the old MTV days because I learned by doing so I was interviewing not knowing what I was doing so I probably if I just didn't know if I was terrible and I just got better because mm. you get better by doing um, I am so bad at that so I'm only like Jesus on the periphery of experiencing yeah. a tiny bit of that and I was listening to Dolly Alderton's podcast mm. and she had Adam Kay. isn't she oh, she's amazing I've yeah. her show in Dublin she's just fab yeah. I loved her book so much and they were talking about Amazon reviews and reading them and I was like I didn't even think that there was Amazon reviews no. and I went and I read them and, and there was like you know 80% 90% really nice, nice. but then there's, 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 one, one. there's one this one person was like um, what self-indulgent drivel and I just couldn't think about anything else for the whole day mm-hmm. and I'm like okay Carolyn you need to get your shit together because if the book does really well in America there's going to be people who think it's a pile of shit and there probably already is people who think it's a load of but shit but also you do know that one person because I remember I have a friend who wrote a book and uh, in the Amazon review mm. they'd written it was just something really similar to that and then they saw they clicked on that person to see who else they'd reply and they had sent that message to lots of other people oh, sad people what people do that I don't know but like even though I know that but I'm, you're looking at that and not the 95% yeah, exactly. so what advice do you have for people who like I mean how do you deal know. with that I, if I knew I would be dealing with it better probably so how do you deal with it do you feel ignore, like ignore I don't know does um, it ever get to you or like was there any yeah. one time where you've gotten some sort of negative feedback that it really yeah, got to yeah like it's it's hard because I you know when I first started in my accent like you know people I don't understand the word she's saying really yeah um so and you don't want to change that you I'm not no. going to change my Irish accent but I will have to speak slower because I do speak very fast yeah but that's just I've got oh, a lot of stuff to say yeah. you know <laughs> um you'll get things like you're too thin you're too fat you're you know you've got a weird shaped nose you've got a weird what? shaped head you've got like you know, you've got weird legs. You'll you'll always get things like that. And as a as a female, the things you're like, I remember, like wearing it's like a line dress before that someone had tweeted me going, "Oh, looks like Laura could be pregnant." And I was like, oh, "I'm never no. wearing that fucking dress oh, again." My God, I mean, you could have just had a bit of a bloated but day. I, yeah, like, and you know, you know what I mean? I actually did. Like, I've looked worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That wasn't even a proper bloat day. Yeah. So and so those things do get you, especially if you've got insecurities about things anyway mm. about yourself. So, yeah, it's hard. And, like, I, I remember being away. Um, it was a work trip, and we were in Barbados last year. And there was loads of people. Um, I think there was quite a group of us, so people knew who we were. And there was loads of paps on the beach. And, and my friends and I was like, I'm not, I don't want to go. Let's just go and find another beach because yeah. I don't want to. I can't sit there and lie there and sunbathe and just have people take pictures. And I don't want to be up on a Daily Mail site and have people commenting about my mm. body because... I just want to be able to lie in a bikini and get in the sea and just enjoy myself. I just can't imagine, like, that is to have any sort of low-lying level anxiety or be... Oh, and, and then and let people, and if you're in any way self-conscious about yourself, uh, you know, oh, look, at she's pale, where's your tan? Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to, like, oh. be able to enjoy my... Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've always been very wary about... I don't know, like, I've, I've gone to places where I haven't gone out and enjoyed myself. I've, I've made my poor friend or boyfriend, like, a... Let's drive to the other side yeah, of the yeah. island, uh, just so I don't have to deal with that. Yeah, and something I really wanted to ask you was, 
you know, if we take your male counterpart, yes, the made-up person in you know yeah. similar industry, how would you compare your experiences in the in the public eye? It's strange because I'm probably biased because as a female, I only see it from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember when I did um like Strictly. Mm-hmm. I think myself and Daisy Lowe would get talked about very differently than a lot of the males, probably. But then, you know, people like Ed Balls would get mocked, even though he was a really good dancer, because he was older man and probably not the same physique mm. um, as the younger guys. He got mocked in another way. But we got written about kind of in a more sexualized way, while a good friend of mine, Rob Rinder, who, who was on it that year, he said to me, he's like, I didn't realize just how how unfair it was because mm-hmm. how my time is always going to be different than you or Louise Redknapp or like any like Molly King when she did it or like anyone because you're, you're it's it's more sexualized for the girls I don't again this is purely from my point of view so this mm-hmm. is how I feel it is um if a girl is associated with a guy or anyone she's around she's like a slut mm. while a guy is like hey big lad um, and maybe things are changing, but I do feel it's very unbalanced. And that's something that we're still kind of working on. I know guys who, like, I've, I've been attached to lots of different guys. I have I've had a very small handful of relationships in my life. Very, very <laughs> small. And um, guys who would be with about 20 times more people than, than I've ever gone out with would totally, wouldn't even be on the radar. Oh and I think, that, I think, I don't know, that's just from my perception and from guys... Who I know going, God, you'd you literally can't stand beside anyone. And like with more awareness of like mental health and the fact that you know you're actually a human being. Yeah. Do you think people are getting kinder? Is the is I the media know. is the press getting kinder? I think the press have to be careful now because we're pulling them up a lot mm. with the upskirting bill, um, with a lot of things. You know, I think sometimes sometimes we're a little bit too politically correct with, with you mm. know we're afraid to say anything. Um, but then, then I worry because I think times are changing. I think women have a much stronger voice. I think body positivity is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at marketing and, and campaigns that are happening now and it's much more wider and broader than ever was in my time. No, but then, you know, you talk about the trolling and the comments that are on Twitter and... Well, that's uh, just a whole new generation. That's a whole new generation of people who talk like that. And I, the, the language and how you see people talk... I know. ...is just horrible and people mm. need to be kind to each other um and and then you don't realize i saw that um you know i, I mentioned earlier that keith from prodigy mm-hmm. um passed away and i don't know if you saw james blunt what he put up yeah. about and i would never even think like he was saying he's like keywords and other artists were being really mean to him oh and he's very successful yeah um being being mean, mean to him and this one guy who's the lead singer of like one of the coolest bands ever was just kind to him and he'll always remember that and I think we have to be careful because I've probably done it before as well. Like, I could, you know, make a judgment or comment about maybe a reality star or maybe someone I've seen like in Glamour magazine mm. and kind of being like, oh, what? A-. And I, I'm like, I can't do that. We're all people, and I, I need to not. I also, we all have to, you know, be responsible for for ourselves. So it's yeah. very easy to be like, oh, everyone else, it's not me. I know. I think we're all the problem, so we have to be exactly. really careful. Do you notice a confidence gap between men and women? Um, I think, yeah, yes and no. I think women, 
can hide it better sometimes and that can be through makeup through clothes through you know i feel very different like now in my trainers and like an oversized jumper mm. compared to like if i got my heels or a parasuit on or you know my leather jacket or mm. i can i can feel very different so sometimes if i'm doing a job but i don't i i i've you know i've worked on tv where i've been sick or i've you know had personal stuff that i'm going through where i put on my makeup and i put on my you know, my wardrobe the armor in a way and I go and I do the show and I'm 100% confident and I come off and I'm just like back to like a shell of a woman mm. um, and I don't know I, I know I know guys deal with things differently there's a reason why when you look at the rates of suicide that the majority is around you know amongst young men as opposed mm. to girls um, I think girls talk a lot more mm-hmm. um, so not necessarily girls are more confident but we're probably a bit more aware and talk a lot um and I, I, I remember talking to a friend about you know tinder and online dating the pressures of that and i was like you know oh god it must be like a nightmare and mm-hmm. she was like yeah all these different guys and then i was talking to one of my male friends who i never would normally talk to and i realized how hard it is for a guy in dating because yeah. girls kind of have the power on these dating sites yes a lot more um and like there was one guy who's like oh like, none of the girls talked to me on it. And I just, my heart was like, but like a lot of the girls were just saying, oh, there's a lot of sleazy men on it. And, you know, that's bad in itself. But this guy was like, no one's responding to me. And and I kind of, I was like, oh, that's a whole other side of things that I haven't, that I haven't looked Even at. Even like when I think about just, a, you know, if you're in a bar or something and a guy would, they have to be the one to come up and talk to yeah, you. Yeah, be masculine. But like, yeah. it's so easy for girls to be like, oh, like, what a weirdo. Like, yeah. they, they can't even say hi without it being no. like, you creep. And you think about it, there's probably some guys who have low self-esteem who, mm. to go up to a girl. And I've probably done before where a guy comes up and like, oh, sleazy, what are you doing? But that could be, like, that could I be know. a legit guy who's just being nice and awkward. So, uh, so I do think, I think we've got different issues we need to work mm. around. And the best thing we can do is just talk, do what, you know, do what you do and go talk to different people and mm. talk about it. Because for me, I, I love a podcast and I'm all about, about Oprah Winfrey. I love <laughs> oh, her yes. Until Sundays. And she gets these like huge, you know, celebrities who seem like the most confident people in the world. And you're like, I, like, I felt like that too. Oh my God, I do that. That's Oh, like we're all in it together. We're like all we're all the same. Together. We're you know. all different, but we're all the same. Yeah. And I think something that's more of an issue for women than men is probably social comparison. And I think... Yeah. I have a whole yeah. chapter in the book about it and I think social media makes it, social comparison like is just up, up yeah, to 90. Yeah, I think what guys is catching up now, really? the gym bodies and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like guys probably feel it more so than they ever did. Um, what do you do when you feel yourself falling into a trap of social comparisons? You just, it, we all do it. Like, yeah. we, just, well, we all have always done it as a way of measuring our self-worth yeah but it's just obviously such an unhealthy way of measuring yeah. our self-worth but do you find yourself um i suppose in london i guess compared to, to dublin in the media there's so many more opportunities here so do you yeah. do you feel like you can kind of go in your own lane and i quite yeah i think i don't know i haven't lived in in dublin for like a long time but you know it's probably smaller and everyone probably knows everyone's yeah, business you're all vying for the same stuff yeah maybe and London, you do feel a little bit more anonymous, mm-hmm. um, which I like. But uh, I don't know. I think it just happens everywhere. You just get your little groups, and it always feels like you do always compare yourself. You're like, should I be doing that, or why am I not doing that? Mm. And I think that's something that's always going to exist. It's it's just recognizing that and mm-hmm. then diffusing it. Yeah. Uh, there's a, an amazing old. I actually don't know if he's still alive. This. Um, psychologist called Leon Festinger who kind of founded the whole comparison yeah. social comparison yeah. theory 
and how you know it's, we all do it so don't beat yourself up about it it's yeah. very normal yeah. and we've always always done it um but what's a more helpful thing to do is temporal comparison and that's instead of comparing yourself to someone else you're comparing yourself of a different time with yourself yeah. so take yes. everyone else out of the picture and be and like yourself yeah so yeah. like if you were to compare laura up today with laura 10 years ago how far yeah. have you come what have you learned oh wow that's a great question um and it and that's that's something like I forget about like I forget I, I'm always looking forward I never I never look back going oh you did that well done mm. like you did that like I just talked about the radio thing last week I'm like only talking about it now going yeah you did, that. did that or like yeah I won that MTV competition I moved to London I remember all I wanted to do was move to London that was my I remember I had this older cousin who was like my big sister and she was a primary school teacher a secondary school teacher and she worked in London and I remember going to visit her when I was 16 and I was like London is cool. I yeah. want to live in London. So I just wanted to like live in London. Mm. And I remember like kind of thinking, where could I like where could I work? And I, I was studying journalism at the time and working part time in Lush on Grafton Street. On Grafton Street. I was like, oh, I could just get a job. In, there's loads of Lushes in London. I'll get a job in Lush. Um, once I finish my degree, and then maybe be like a writer, like a creative writer, and, and then. I really wanted to get into acting. I was like, I mean, I work actress and just like live the bohemian lifestyle. And then I ended up getting this really good job and this moving to London. So even just the fact I moved to London mm. and and saw the world, I, I've been really lucky to get to go to some really mm-hmm. great places. I, I never took a year out. You know, I, I kind of went straight from, you know, school to university and then like studied abroad in Boston and then got this job, an interned and then got this job, and I never had that year of traveling, mm-hmm. but I've been really looking at, I've kind of traveled Famous the world with work, yeah. um, so even just seeing things that, you know, some of my family will never see, mm. and getting to meet people that, you know, you would normally never get to meet, so I probably look back to like 10 years ago, and go, yeah, you, you didn't do it necessarily the way you thought you were going to do it, um, but you, you know, I need to look at what I've done and not what I haven't done. Exactly. And how would you compare your sort of confidence, anxiety levels of, say, 10 years ago versus, or say, let's just say before you went to... I'd love to be like, I'm in such a better place than I was then. (laughs) Like... Well, it's never a permanent fixed thing. No. And I definitely, like, going back more than 10 years, like, teenagers, bloody hell, I was so, like, self-conscious and awkward and um, I'm definitely more confident now. Uh, you'd hope so um, but I'm just being more aware there's definitely different types of anxiety because now you, now you go through the stages of you know, I was like when are you going to have children when are you going to marry da, 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 da. and you've just got new ones because you know before it's like what are you going to study at school what job are you going to get uh, you, do you have a boyfriend you know like when you were younger you're like when are you going to lose your virginity there's oh, always gosh. something else when and are then, you going to get the shift you're yeah when are you going to get your first kiss and then you're like I just need someone to kiss oh me gosh. so I can just have it done <laughs> And then it's I done. Died. You just want to get it done. I know. And either way, and it shouldn't be like that. And then you get to the next stage of life and there's a new thing. It's like, when are you going to buy your first house? And when are you going to do this? Or, you know, and then there's always something. So mm. I wouldn't necessarily, I just think it's changed. The goalposts have changed and what you're referring to has changed. Um, but I also like to think that there's something nice in that I don't feel like I've changed that much. Mm. And not in a bad way. You know, like, you know, even going back to that awkward teenage girl, I don't feel like I've changed hugely I still feel like I'm the same person in situations which I I, I like um, and I'm just going what the hell am I doing here now what situation have I got myself in now that I need to get through uh, so do you think it just maybe gets a little bit easier with experience and, and getting older 
Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely. I care less. I care less what other people think. Yeah, I think I that's the hardest thing for people. Less. Yeah, like it's such a driver of anxiety. It, it affects people's confidence so much, and we all do it in a certain extent. Yeah, but like is that something that you've just evolved to care less, or I, do you actually? I also realize people don't care as much about me as I thought they did. <laughs> you know, do you know? You kind of think, what does that person think of yeah. me? Are they judging me, or um, they're they're too busy thinking what do other people think of me? I know we all torture oh, ourselves. We all do that, and people just forget. Like, and I I did it. I did a talk um last week, um, and we kind of opened it to the audience. And one of these one of the women talked about going through a divorce, mm-hmm. and that was something I never experienced, and and actually none of my friends have. But she was talking about how embarrassed she was, this shame she felt by this divorce about you know what her family her family friends would think and you know that she's kind of a failure and then she realized no one gave a shit that she was divorced <laughs> like no one really cared no one I there know. were two bit like no one they were like oh do you know who got divorced blah 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 okay move on news story do you know yeah. in any you know you're someone else's news mm. some different news the next day um and i just it's I, I thought it was really just interesting hearing everyone else's different story and we all have our little stories um so i think yeah i definitely care less um and I'm I'm doing things now I would never have done before. And I'll go back to like the first big, first main job I ever had was, was for MTV. And I entered a show called Pick Me MTV mm-hmm. about being picked. And now, even though I work in an industry where you are being picked, I feel now it's more a choice. Mm-hmm. So I try to turn things around a bit where now I'm like, what do I want to do? So that's what's changed. I'm not being picked. I choosing what I want to do. You have agency over yourself. Yeah, and you're still pushing yourself forward for things and some jobs you may get, some jobs you may not get, but I'm creating opportunity Mm -hmm. and I'm creating a space and, um, and I put up a quote this week that Mindy Carling wrote about, because, you know, she, oh, I saw. you know, does she, you know, uh, and, and I look at people like um, Ashley B and Amy Huberman, Mm -hmm. like, who created roles and wrote roles that they wanted to to be in and, and the same, when I got offered this radio show last year, Going, what do you want? What type of show do you want to do? Mm. And and I'm like, can I can I call it this? And can I have the first part doing this and the second part doing that? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, it wasn't just me trying to fit into someone else's mold. Um, and that's something that's definitely changed in ten years. Wow, that wasn't ten years ago. And if people are listening and they are struggling with confidence issues, yeah. do you have any practical oh, advice God. or and help me <laughs> tell me what to do? Because you know, and I. It's definitely a roller coaster because there's ups and downs. Some days I feel like I'm the strongest person in the world and I can do anything. And other days I'm like, oh, I feel like it's all going to shit. Mm. Um, and I think it's knowing that any any badness you feel or any low that you feel, time. Mm-hmm. Remember someone told me that before about something like time is just the greatest healer. Yeah. But however low you feel now, it could take one person being nice to you. It can be getting one job, one thing going right. It can be like someone doing something. Like the other day, just the like I went to buy a coffee, and the girl's like, "No, no, you just have that." And I was like, "Oh, that's such a, that's just made my day." Oh. And I remember someone saying you should always do that if you can every now and then, like buy the person behind you a coffee without them thinking yeah. you're hitting on them. <laughs> yeah. um, and it can just kind of change someone's mood, so that no matter how low you feel, it will always get better. And it's it's something you know I think of people who've you know hugely struggled with depression, and that's that's a different level mm-hmm. than that. I'm lucky I haven't dealt with, but I've definitely dealt with like ups and downs. And I know, I know the worst that I've ever felt, the lowest of the low, thinking that I can never get out of that. I have. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. This too shall, this too shall pass. Yeah. And then you might, f- and it will come back again. Maybe yeah, exactly. Again, and, form, and then it will pass again. Mm-hmm. 
But if we didn't have the lows, we'd never know what a high feels like. Exactly. And I just, for so long, I regretted making that job change because I said, if I just didn't do that, I wouldn't have fallen down so hard. I wouldn't have gone through this breakdown. Did you regret the job change initially? I regretted it straight away. Yeah. And because I knew it wasn't right for me and I knew I can't, you know, backtrace go back, my yeah. steps. And I knew it was just so much, I just felt so much pressure. I felt so much shame that like, you need to get your shit together. Yeah. Everyone else is coping and you're not. But they're not coping. That's what I thought, exactly. Yeah, so that's what coping, I was surprised yeah. booked as well. Um, but I also know, I'm only recently, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I really, first of all, without sounding kooky, I do believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I do. And I do also believe that it's really important to go through those things and mm. to like, I didn't, didn't really know myself and mm. I think you know you have to sort of like you say experience the lows to yeah. appreciate the highs and I just think you need to I think to go back to the overall message of the first book it's sort of you know if you're in if you're in a low point or you're going through something hard accepting where you are now and starting from there yeah and knowing like you say like that it is like a series of ups and downs and you will kind of peak and trough again at some yeah. point and I really really like your advice about just accepting that people are so busy thinking about themselves yeah. like the amount of anxiety that's derived from worrying about what people think and it's such an unnecessary waste of our energy yeah and um a talk i did last week i, I said i believe in hope mm-hmm. and i i I, 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 was, I was doing this talk with philippa perry who um a great author and i was saying you know you can do anything you put your mind in she was like no that's absolute rubbish <laughs> and i was like i said it's really important to believe i said it's really important to believe you can do anything you might be able to do anything, but to kind of have that self belief, and I, I compared it to this, the film Castaway with Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and in it he's you know he's stuck on this, um, this desert island or wherever he is after his plane crashes, and he has this picture of his girlfriend, and you know it's years later before he gets found, and you know, whether he ends up with her, it doesn't matter. He just had this hope, yeah, and it doesn't matter whether she's there at the end or not. He mm-hmm. said it was just having her having this picture of something. So it's like. I know, going for a job that you really want. And maybe you don't end up there, but the journey is really interesting and you have this hope of something. Mm. So I think it's, no matter how low you are, having that hope is so important. I presume you would have voted for Obama then. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we can. We can. Oh, yes, amazing. we can. Laura, thank you so yeah, thank much. Thank you for, for taking the trek to North oh London. Oh my God, thank North you for West. inviting me into your home and having all the chats about anxiety and confidence. And I know people will just, it will resonate with so, so well, much. Thank you for doing it and for you your so writing. Much. And tell yeah, us, great. just so people know what's going on right now, what can they look out for? Oh, what can I talk about? I'm filming a little thing at the moment uh, for a show called Four Weddings and a Funeral. It's a remake. What? But I'm doing a little, a little, a little thing of that. And then... Um, I've got a new series of the Sunday sessions of BBC Five Live starting at end of April. Amazing. Um, and then, yeah, I've just uh, written a short film that's been, it's already made, but it's in edit at the moment, which we're doing some stuff with over the summer. And then there's one other little TV thing. Lots of bits and pieces, and sure, I don't know who God knows what. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.